You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. You know, when we talk about heritage, what, what does that really mean? It, we're talking about our legacy of the past, what we're experiencing and living in right now, and what we will leave for our children in the future. Legacy is very important, amen? Legacy, most people just focus upon it, want to build a legacy. For some people, it's to have their name on a building. For others, it's to leave houses for their children, maybe. Every person has got something different that they value, that they call a legacy. But what is it that we will pass on to generations to come? As Christians, I want to share on generational blessings. Amen? Generational blessings. And not so much today about the blessings that we want from God, but us as a generation being a blessing to God. To God. Can I, can I ask my mother in grace and my mother and my wife? And my, where's my daughter and my son? Are they around? Can they please come up quickly? You can go in your Bible to the book of 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. It says, I'm calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Amen. It says, I'm calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith, the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom and His goodness, a faith that is first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice, and now I'm fully persuaded dwells in you also. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at this. <laughs> Women of God. Amen. This is my mother. If you don't know, this is my mother. <laughs> and this is my mother in grace. And this is my beautiful wife of 29 years. And this is the fruit of our love. <laughs> I want them to stand here because I want you to see something. Paul is writing here to Timothy and he says, I see a genuine faith in you. An unqualified faith in you. That's part of who you are. But it's not just something that you have on the inside of you. I saw this the first time in your grandmother. Your grandmother. Which is my mother, my mother in grace. Amen. If you have a mother-in-law, that's fine. Uh, we're not under law, we're under grace. Amen. When the law came, sin revived and we died. So if you want to have a mother in grace, amen. It's much better. <laughs> Hallelujah. And here's Timothy. Wonderful. <laughs> Jaden, this is the greatest blessing, generational blessing, when we can pass on our faith three generations. Do you have enough faith on the inside of you to flow over into three generations? Because when our children or our grandchildren can see it in us and in our grand, the grandparents, makes it easy for them to exercise faith. 
makes it easy for them to exercise faith. Paul says here, he says, I see this genuine faith. What is genuine faith? Genuine faith is faith that works through love. Faith that works through love. He says, I see that. I saw it for the first time in your grandparents, the way they love, the way they exercise their faith. Now I see it in your mother, and I 100% persuaded, convinced that I'm seeing it in you as well, that faith. You know what that means? It means it's three generations of God pleases. Because Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That should be our legacy, to have generations yet unborn that we know will be God pleases. Because we have people that are living by faith. Amen. Would you like to hear some grandparent faith stories? But I can tell you now, my mother is, is a woman of faith. You see her in church, she's a prayer. She'll tell you how the devil wanted to kill me. And she was praying, she was interceding, giving me to God. When I stopped breathing, say, God, I give him to you. God would just touch me and breath. Life came into my body. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Maybe, maybe let me just say something. I wonder if I should let the grannies talk. Yes, let them say. Maybe let my mother just share something about, I mean, she, you see me here preaching. But I mean, she had to exercise a lot of faith. I mean, we know we, we ask God for something and we think we only need God in that moment until your children are born. Then you need God even more. Amen. Do you want to say something about me? Good morning, precious family of the mm. Most High God. Amen. First, I must talk about the faithfulness and the goodness of God and how He's kept us. As a family, we went through many things, but He kept us. Amen. Uh, two weeks before Bernard's first birthday, he fell ill. And on the way to the hospital, we started praying. He was in a coma. He stopped breathing. At the hospital, they put him in a little cot, gave him oxygen, and they told me that he would probably not live the night. And if he left, he would have brain damage. After the doctor left, I just lifted up my arms, eyes, and held Bernard and said, Bernard sal lewe, ek sal hom groot maak vir Heere. It means Bernard will live, and I will see that he, raise, he gets raised up for God. Amen. That was a vow. I, I realized I vowed, made a vow to God. But God kept his promise. He is the faithful one. And I just want to give all the glory. It was about uh, 6 o'clock that we, he was admitted. And at 1 o'clock he opened his eyes. And he came out of the coma. And we can just praise God. Let me say this to children. When your parents are praying for you and they are promising you to God, 
give it your best shot. God has listened and he will work and in you and through you and honor the prayers of faith prayed by your parents. Amen. Nana, can I give you the mic as well? Do you want to say something about God's faithfulness and love? I think here, here you can see a grandmother, a mother, and a granddaughter. Amen. And here you see me, a son, and my son. Amen. And my daughter that side as well. We won. I think I thank God when you have two believing families that come together because where two or more agree, it shall be done. Amen. Say one thing about the faithfulness of God, Nance. Amen. And Belinda. Well, mm. the faithfulness of God, because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the good work He has started, He will complete. The story that Marianne shared about Bernard, Belinda, at the age of 17, 18, an op went wrong. 17 ops later, they also mm. said, she mm. ain't going to be, but God said, she are. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for your lives. I thank God for your prayers. And most of all, you know, Malachi says the reason why we have children as believers, God desires godly offspring. Amen. Godly offspring. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give the Lord a hand for my family. Amen. You know, what a heritage, what a legacy when we can say three generations of faith. Amen. You can start today to say, Lord, I'm going to put my faith in you, my trust in you. On Thursday when we had our prayer meeting in the morning, and you know, Thursdays is our prayer day here at church. Um, we pray at 10, we pray at 7 at night together. But in the evening, it was Lindiwe that said to me, she was thinking this week about 1994, what a miracle God did. When believers in South Africa started to exercise their faith praying, and look what God did. Look what God did. Peace. I mean, there was no, people were saying and declaring all things that was contrary to life and life in abundance, but people came and they started praying. Believers were praying. Turn to the person next to you say, your faith can change a situation. Only believe. Remember, it's faith that sees the invisible, it believes the impossible, and it receives the incredible. That's what your faith does. And Paul says, I want to tell you something, Timothy. Don't lose heart. Remember, I want to say this. Timothy was attacked by fear, which is the opposite of faith. Paul was the one who wrote to him and said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. He was reminding him, the faith that I saw in your grandmother is in your mother, and I'm persuaded and convinced it's in you as well. Exercise that faith. That's what we need. We need generations of faith, generations unborn that will exercise and be God-pleasers. In Philippians 2 verse 20, I'm going to quote the Amplified. It says, For I have no one like him, no one of so kindred a spirit who will be so genuinely interested in your welfare and devoted to your interests. The new King James says, I've got nobody like-minded who will naturally care. Verse 21 says, 
For the others all seek to advance their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ the Messiah, but Timothy's tested worth, his tested character. You know how as a son with his father, he has toiled with me zealously in serving and helping to advance the good news, the gospel. So here we can see, it's mentioned the mother, the grandmother, they were the ones with the faith. But I'm going to show you now, Timothy's father was faithful. And if you're going to be faithful, you need faith. And if you have faith, you'll be faithful. The disciples, when they came to Jesus and they said, increase our faith, Jesus said, increase your faithfulness and your faith will increase. We need a generation that will sincerely care and help. He says, I've seen this faith in you. You believe the word of God. You believe what God is doing. He says, I'm sending Timothy to you who will naturally and sincerely care for you. Why? He's seen it in his grandmother. He's seen it in his mother. He has served with his father. This is what we need in our nation. Generations to come that are faithful, that will sincerely, genuinely care and help. Paul says, all seek their own. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be surprised. Most people seek their own. You know it's true. He says, all seek their own, but I've got one Timothy who will naturally care for your state, who will genuinely come and take care of you. He has faith that was in his grandmother and in his mother. His father was faithful. He served next to his father. He will just naturally come and care for you. I want to ask you, are you somebody that just naturally care? Because this is what we need. When we talk about a generational blessing, not God's blessings coming upon us. God wants to bless us. That's what he's come to do. Amen? But us being a blessing to God, us being God-pleasers, as a church, we have to break this curse, this product of selfishness, sin. We have to break it. How do we do that? Through being faithful and exercising our faith. Amen? Am I talking to the right people here? You know, it's not just about us being blessed by God. And God wants to bless us. He's come to give us life and life in abundance, superior in quality and superabundant in quantity. Ephesians says we are already blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. But are we a blessing to those around us? We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to save others. It's not just about us. You know, the disciples came to Jesus and said, increase our faith. Help us to be God-pleasers. Help us to to exercise our faith that we can move mountains. Would you like to have that kind of faith? You know, sometimes you come and you ask Jesus for something and he answers you in a different way. Has that ever happened to you? The disciples come and they say, give us the quick fix. Give us the quick fix on faith. I've got some mountains to move. Am I talking to the right people here? Raise your hand, let me see. Or, or double blink, yes. And he says, <clears throat> quick fix, to increase your faith, increase your faithfulness. Because the root word of faith and faithfulness is exactly the same. 
And he tells the parable of the servant who goes out in the field and works and comes back and helps his master. He says, after he's done all of that, has he really done anything? He's actually saying to them, why don't you go and take it to a deeper level? Take it to the next level. If you want your faith to go to the next level, take your faithfulness to the next level. Can I have one amen? amen. Or amen? amen? This is not the stuff that we always like to hear. That's not what we like to hear. Amen? Turn to the person, look them in the eyes and say, generational blessings. Amen. So he says, after you've done everything, do more. That faithfulness, that faith that you saw in Gogo and in your mama, you now do that. It's in you. You know, there's certain things that you can teach people, but certain things people just know. When they see you doing it, they will do it naturally. Amen? Can I say, mommies and daddies, you cannot bring your children to church and say, be faithful, let your faith grow, and then you go and do shopping, and then after church you come and pick them up. Cannot do that. You have to show them how to be faithful. You have to show them how to exercise their faith. Amen? Serve in the church. Be faithful in the church. Let me tell you something. When you are going to serve and become part of a church, sometimes it's challenging. It can be difficult. Because there's people in the church with the same attitude you have. Have you ever experienced that? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? <laughs> the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. So somebody with the same attitude as you, who's also trying to be like Jesus, but they are still busy renewing their minds, will come and challenge you. Or a grandmother that's been faithful for 30 years or 40 years will come in and show you what does it really mean to be faithful? What does it really mean to exercise your faith? Paul says, I want to get you to a place where you will naturally care. He says, I don't have to tell Timothy what to do. When I send him to you, you're going to experience a deeper level. He says, most of the people around you, they seek their own. But he will naturally care for your state. It's in him, naturally to help, naturally to serve, naturally to stand back, naturally to help carry the bags, naturally to clean up. You know, you know people like that. He says, this Timothy is serving like this, not because he's something special. He saw it in his grandmother. He saw it in his mother. He served with his father. That's the challenge I want to put out to us here on Heritage Day. Let's naturally serve, naturally care, naturally give. That will become a natural thing for our children. That people will say, you know what? I've seen it in your grandmother. I see it in your mother. I see it in you. I'm persuaded it's in you. It's maybe not fully developed, but it's there. Turn to the person next to you say, generational blessings. <laughs> Can I say something? The world has become so shallow. A shallow world needs a deeper church. A shallow world needs a church to show the more excellent way. If they want to take advantage of us, that's fine. Amen. Jesus said, if they despitefully use you, pray for them. If they want to curse, 
bless them. Let's take it to the deeper level. Let's be the Jesus people that God has called us to be. Amen. There's a need for us to be connected. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need you like you need me. This is the great need. There's a need for community. <clears throat> when you just look at family, grandmother, mother, the grandchildren, there's a connection already. Even God himself is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, when God created everything, he said everything was good. But the one thing he said was not good. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. Well, I'm going to say amen for 29 years. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, my wife. 29 years. I mean, <clears throat> I love you. I love you more than 29 years ago. Amen. We need connection. I want to say we need good people around us to be successful in life. We need good people around us to inspire us and to help us. I don't want to preach on this, but the Bible mentions good people. The Bible mentions foolish people and then wicked and evil people. Foolish people, sometimes we can be foolish, amen? Have you ever made a mistake and said, Ernot, what were you thinking? Have you ever had a moment like that? When you do something foolish, run to God because then you are wise, amen? But if you remain foolish, the Bible says, answer a fool like a fool. And then obviously wicked people, the Bible says, just don't walk in their ways, amen? Stay away. Be careful of that. So we have to connect to, to good people. We need good people around us. We need people with wisdom around us. You need people that can lead and guide you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Calamity chases, the sin chases, but prosperity pursues the God-lover. The benevolent or the, the good man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children, but the wealth of the wicked is treasured up for the righteous. Can you see when you read that in context that generational blessings is very much connected to people and community? It's connected to, to even being in a church where you can be taught the word of God, where your faith can be stirred up. We need people that can challenge us in our faith. Amen? Can help you grow in your faith. Never isolate yourself. Turn to the person next to you say, never isolate yourself. Can I just say, that's not wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 1, um, the person that isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. It's very dangerous to be on your own the whole time. It's good to have conversations with yourself sometimes, amen. Don't raise your hand, but I'm sure you do that. But if you isolate yourself and you in the room on your own the whole time, that echo of what you are saying, if that is all you are hearing, maybe after a while you're going to start believing that and that could not be right. Am I talking to the right people here? You need to be connected. You need to be connected. That's why in a church get to connect to the team. Discover your gifts, the dream, and then serve in a dream team. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, say generational blessing. Turn to the person on the other side, say generational blessing. God is in the business to get blessing to us. He wants to get blessings to us. But we have our part to play. 
as I was meditating upon this message, and I was thinking, Lord, this is a challenge to us as the church. Three generations of God pleases. Three generations filled with faith doing the work of God. That should be our aim. That should be our legacy. That should be our heritage. God pleases. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, be a God pleaser. So when you spend time with the wise, you'll become wise yourself. The greatest blessing that we can receive, do you know what was promised to Abraham? It was not cars. It was not houses. Yes, and God blessed him. But when you go to Galatians 3 verse 14, the blessing that was, the promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit through faith. Can you see why we have to teach our children how to walk by faith? Because that is the greatest blessing. The blessing of the Holy Spirit, the first area where we should prosper is our spiritual life. Do you still hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you still experience the presence of the Holy Spirit? Do you still listen to the unction of the Holy Spirit? Because this is what we need. We need a generation filled with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, sons of God, they are led by the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest blessing. Emmanuel, God with us, his presence with us. That was the promise that was made to Abraham. That us as Gentiles, who were not naturally born Jews, Hebrews, can receive the Holy Spirit, that God can be with us. That's the greatest blessing. How do we do that? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? By faith. By faith. When that happens, God allows his nature to be connected to us. And his ability becomes our ability. That's a generational blessing. If we can teach our children to walk with God, to have God in their lives, if you start to prosper in your spiritual life, every other area will start to prosper. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, generational blessing. You know, family, more than anything today, we need the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our helper, to be with us to lead us and to guide us. In your three-part being, you need to be blessed in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. One of the greatest challenges that we have today, and this cannot be our inheritance, that people are blessed financially. They have all their needs met, but they've never been made whole. Can I say that again? We have everything on the outside that matters, what the world says we should have. But on the inside, we're not whole. We're still battling on the inside. We have issues on the inside. We don't have peace on the inside. Because we think the things on the outside will give us peace. That should not be our inheritance. When Paul spoke to Timothy, he said, What I see in your grandmother, that faith that brings salvation, that brings healing, that brings peace, that brings righteousness, that, that I see in her, I saw in your mother, I see it in you. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. That's what we need. We don't need all the things on the outside. We need to be made whole on the inside. Can I have one amen? amen. Give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Often we don't want to deal with the deeper things. We don't want to deal with the real root of the problem. 
We just want, just give me the contract and I'll be happy. But the real issue, we don't want to deal with it. Am I talking to the right people here? God wants to sanctify us, soul, body, and spirit. All three areas. Are you ready to say, Lord, sanctify me, cleanse me before you bless me, make me whole before you bless me? Because there's a life hereafter. If we want God pleases for generations to come, we have to deal with the root. I'm going to start closing. Amen. It's going to be a long closing. Turn to the person next to you say it's going to take long. You know, sometimes people tease me and they say, you're closing now, but then it takes 10 or... So this is going to be a long closing. I just want to warn you. This is a long closing. Amen. Because in my mind already, when I was busy, I was thinking, I can go to the woman who came to Jesus, um, whose daughter was demon-possessed. She came asking for deliverance, but Jesus gave us so much more. He gave salvation to a whole family. Because God wants to bring a generational blessing into your life, to your children's lives, and those to follow. Amen. I was thinking about the, the, the ten lepers that came to Jesus, and only one was made whole. Only one was made whole. So I want to take you through this because I want you to embrace and enter into that generational blessing to activate your faith. Amen. So number one, I want to say, surround yourself with God, please. Surround yourself with people that exercise their faith, people that love God. Amen. So I'm going to, you can take your time and go read it. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Talks about a paralytic man that came to Jesus. Amen. And he had four friends that carried him to Jesus. I like this. Do you have friends around you that are ready to carry you? Do you have friends that are filled with faith that are ready to carry you? Don't isolate yourself that you have to face everything on your own. That's why church community is so important. Amen. A matter of fact, these four young men, they had a different kind of attitude. They broke open a roof to get Jesus, to get to Jesus. I mean, that's serious. I mean, imagine now we're sitting here and suddenly we hear on the roof some, something here going on. Can I just say this? Homes are places of community. Homes are places where people connect. Is your home still open for Jesus? Is your home still open to exercise faith? Is your home still a place where Jesus will feel welcome and where people will come and say, we know Jesus is in that house? Because that's what we need. We need people full of faith opening up their homes so that we can change a community. That should be our legacy. Amen. Many people today are just interested in the miracles, but they don't want to deal with the real issues on the inside, the deeper stuff. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking great today, but allow Jesus to deal with the deeper stuff. <laughs> Jesus wants to deal with the deeper stuff. He wants to deal with the root. The problem in the church today is we are managing sin instead of allowing Jesus to deal with sin. Allow Jesus to deal with sin. Jesus never came to manage sin. People that tell you you're always going to battle with this problem, that's not the Jesus way. Let me just tell you that. 
That's not the Jesus way. Christ came to deal with the root. Amen. It's not just seeing his works, but it's learning his ways according to Galatians 5 verse 22. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Can I just say this? A pulpit, a pulpit is not a weapon to attack people or to attack ministries or to attack pastors. This is to bring light and life to God's people. Amen. I really I want to say that again. A pulpit is not a weapon, a place, a platform for a pastor to attack other men of God or to attack other ministries or even to attack people sitting in the congregation. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes a pastor will be angry with one congregation member and his whole sermon will be around that one person. Never mention the person's name, but he will be preaching to the person the whole day. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about? Have you been in services like that? Get out. Get out. That's not the gospel. Amen? The, this is a place where we preach the word to transform and change souls. Get people saved. Amen? place where the word of God is preached so that you can receive it with meekness into your heart and your soul can be saved. So that the word of God can sanctify you, cleanse you, heal you, deliver you. But this, this pulpit, this platform, it's not a weapon to attack people. Amen. Jesus is the gift with a lift. We should not use this to attack people, belittle people, or break down people. So I want to say that. Amen. It's not, it's not how God has called us. We, we're seeking blessings. But if you're just seeking the blessing and not the giver of the blessing, you're going to miss out on a lot. Many times people just come to church for their healing and for their deliverance. But what they actually need is a lasting relationship with Jesus so that you can finish strong. Many people just come to church when they have a crisis. And it's good if you have a crisis, come to church. We want to be there for you. But you need God beyond that because you're still going to have to maintain that blessing. Let it naturally be who you are to come to church, whether you're going through a good season or a bad season. <clears throat> Can I say this? You know, when it comes to church, even when you look at this story, the people in that house were keeping this man away from Jesus. So all of us have got experiences in churches where people try to keep us away from what we believe was the right thing to do. But the other side of the coin, there was four people in the community, four brothers that was bringing him to Jesus. So you're always going to have it. Turn to the person next to you and say, get over it. Turn to the person on the other side and say, get over it. I say this with a lot of love. If you don't allow your hurt to get healed, it will become bitterness. And generations to come, I'm sure Timothy saw how his grandmother was disappointed. I'm sure he saw how his mother was disappointed, how she was hurt, maybe even in the church setup. Am I talking to the right people? But he also saw how she did not allow that hurt to become bitterness, but allowed the hurt to be healed. That's what we need. We need to show the next generation that there's hope. Amen? I heard somebody say, it was so beautiful, how do you know when a hurt has been healed? You can still see the scar, but you can touch on it. When you touch on it and you still, 
it's not healed yet. But when you can touch on it, and there's beautiful things that come out, then it's healed. Amen. Don't let what church people did to you stop you from getting what Jesus has planned for you. Can I say that again? Don't let church people stop you from what God wants to do in your life. Because it's more than likely church people that God will use to help you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's the least likely person in the community that God will use. But oftentimes you're offended and angry with somebody. You've cut them out of your life. And now you're sitting here and you're thinking, if I could just call Joe, Joe would solve this problem for me in a minute. But you've cut Joe out of your life. Am I talking to the right people here? So this man is a paralytic and he's on his way to Jesus. When I was preparing this, I wrote this down. Tear the roof off faith. This paralytic, you don't even know his name. His name is not even mentioned. It's not mentioned how long he's been a paralytic. We don't know exactly why, but from what we read, we can see it's because of his sin. Something that he did wrong. But his four friends had so much faith that they were ready to tear off a roof. Tear off the roof faith. Have you got friends like that around you? That when you are facing something and you are down and you cannot get up and there's no way for you to get up, that you've got four people around you that says, listen here, we've got some tear off the roof faith. <laughs> we're going to pick you up now and we're going somewhere. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's the kind of legacy that we want to leave. Amen. Can I tell you something? There's nothing comfortable about tear off the roof faith. When you have to carry a paralytic and still get on the roof, make sure that he is safe and open the roof. There's nothing comfortable about that. Can I ask you, when last did your faith in Christ Jesus and what he wanted you to do make you feel uncomfortable? Because we live in a generation where it's just, no, God would never do that, never make me feel like that. What? Never make you feel like that? What are you talking about? Faith is all about trusting God beyond what you can see. Believing that He is going to do it. It sees the invisible. It believes the impossible. It receives the incredible. Sometimes there's nothing easy about that. What do you think is comfortable about walking on water? Peter, come. What? What? Out of the boat. No, no, no. I'm comfortable here, Lord, in the boat. You just make the storm calm down. I'm not getting out. But sometimes God would want you to get out and walk on the waves. Am I talking to the right people here? When last did your faith make you feel uncomfortable? To go love somebody, help somebody, not just those that you know, but somebody that you don't know. Now it's very quiet. Can I say, be in a church community that will push you into your purpose. These four guys said, we're taking you to Jesus now. Your situation, your circumstances might be because of what you've done. Because if you read it, it seems like because of his sin, he's in that situation. Don't allow your situation, your circumstances, 
or even what you have done wrong to become your identity. Because sometimes we've messed up so much that we think God cannot bless us and bestow a generational blessing upon us. Don't raise your hands. Just double blink at me. <laughs> I almost started to sing that song, and how many times have I asked you, God, to forgive me? Yes, every time. We make mistakes, but God wants to get a generational blessing to us. So these four tear the roof down. Faith, brothers, take him and bring him before Jesus. Wants to be healed. Sometimes Jesus said, what do you want me to do? What does he say to this man? He says, your sins have been forgiven. Oh my God. When he said your sins have been forgiven, this man didn't even realize what miracle had taken place. It's righteousness that removes our sin, but it's righteousness that produces miracles. But he didn't even comprehend. You know who got upset? The Pharisees. The Pharisees got upset when he said, your sins are forgiven. The devil does not mind you coming to church, dancing and singing, as long as the root is not dealt with. Sometimes we come to Jesus and we say, my legs. And Jesus says, no, we're not going to talk about legs. Your sins are forgiven. You know what are the legs? The legs are the things that we want from Jesus. The blessing, the job, the spouse, the children. And he says, let's not deal with that. Let's go deeper. Let's deal with the root so that a generational blessing can come to you and your children's children. Am I talking to the right people here? What do you do when Jesus starts addressing that which is not obvious? You come and you say, I want, your sins are forgiven. Let's deal with the root of this problem. That condemnation, that guilt, that identity that you've placed upon yourself, I want to remove it completely. Completely. You know, when I was reading this, I was thinking about the Pharisees that got so upset. They never got upset about anything. They were just looking and observing until he said, your sins are forgiven. Then they got up, who is he? Who, who does he think he is to say sins can be forgiven? You know, you can preach in a church, loving God, loving people, but start telling people you cannot be a Christian and a racist. Then you see the Pharisees popping up. Hmm? What? <laughs> I'm telling you now, if you say you're a born-again Christian, born of love, you cannot be a racist. You cannot hate your brother. If you're hating your brother, you know why they, the Pharisees got upset? Because now your salvation becomes questionable. Because if you are truly born of love, the love of Christ, for God so loved the world, everybody in the world, not just that he gave Jesus, that whoever believes can be saved. Now, now they're upset. Now you'll see the Pharisee pop out. Who do they think they are? To say that, when you are truly born again, born of love, cannot be a racist. Can I have one amen? <laughs> Somebody made you angry this week. Because <laughs> the first area you have to prosper in is your spiritual life. 
And when you are born of love, you are connected to the love of God. And the genuine faith that Paul was talking about that he saw in Timothy, genuine faith is faith that works through love. It's faith that works through love. Otherwise, it's not genuine faith. Corinthians calls it a clinging symbol. It's no real, it's not genuine, it's not real. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven because what is it good to have legs, but your soul is broken? He wanted that man to start to walk in righteousness. He wanted that man to start to walk in forgiveness. He wanted that man to start to walk in love. That man did not understand the miracle that had taken place when Jesus said his sins was forgiven. When righteousness enters into your soul, into your heart, everything starts to change. When he realized his sins had been forgiven, no guilt, no condemnation. He could put on a new identity, start exercising his faith. Amen? Are you ready to allow God to fill you with faith that will overflow to three generations? I'm asking God, have mercy. I have not seen my grandchildren. My children must still get married. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm ready to teach them things about faith. I want to see three generations of faith. Generations yet unborn that will be filled with faith that will be God pleases. This man didn't know when Jesus said his sins are forgiven that a miracle had manifested. Sometimes when God forgives us, the work is much deeper than what we realize. Don't come to Jesus just for the legs. Come to Jesus to deal with the deeper things. When I look at Timothy, when I read that scripture, when I was meditating upon the message for today, Timothy, I'm persuaded. The genuine faith that I see in you, it was first in your grandmother. It was in your mother, and I see it in you. Yes, three generations of God pleases. Three generations of God pleases. Allow God not just to heal our legs, but let Him heal us on the inside so that we can have faith, faith that works through love, so that we can go in and impact this nation, change this nation for God. I'm 100% persuaded, convinced that Jesus is the answer for our nation telling you now, Jesus, when we start exercising genuine faith, sincere faith, unqualified faith that works through love, oh my God, where two believers come together in unity, can you imagine what will happen? Turn to the person next to you say, generational blessing. Turn to the person on the other side say, generational blessing. It's Heritage Day. It's a day of celebration. Go and see if there's really genuine faith in your heart. Paul said, this Timothy, he will naturally and sincerely care for you. That's what's on the inside of you. It will just happen. If it's not happening naturally, go do and change what you have to change. Go find some people that's got more wisdom than you, and hang out with them. And let them rub shoulders with you. And let iron sharpen iron. 
And let it be known that even when people come to a household of Christ, there's three generations, there's three generations, there's three generations. That's what we are living for, not just for ourselves now, but for generations to come. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.